This morning, um, you know, I tried to come up with something, you know, nice and light that we could play around in the shallow end before we jumped right in, but I uh, just couldn't make it happen. So let me just pray for us and we'll jump right into the scripture this morning. Um, God, we thank you uh, for the opportunity to be together as a church this morning. We thank you that you love um, the body of Christ, not just here at River City Church, but all over the world. We pray that you would unify us, that you would make us one, um, even as you are one, Lord. And we would, we lift up um, Ed and Susan and their grandbaby and their, and their kids, the whole family. And we pray that you would continue to bring revelation of, of who you are and your goodness and uh, just how you love them and provide for them and how you work through these things. And um, we're just humbled to think of the things that you've done in our life. And we thank you for Michelle and for her family. We pray the operation goes um, supernaturally well, that there would be talk of how uh, it's obvious that, that God has shown up once again and that he has done a good and great thing. And uh, we pray for everyone uh, in the church today that, that is bringing those things to you, that right now they have, a hard, they have a hard time even thinking about the word this morning because they are so consumed with the mountains that they need moved. And we pray that even now you would be moving those mountains, that you would be speaking to them, that your spirit would be drawing them uh, to the place where they can receive from you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. The scripture comes from 2 Corinthians not Joshua. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 through 15. And um, man, it's a, big, it's, a, it's a big chunk of scripture and there's a lot to it. And so I would really recommend it. Uh, that if, if today, if this message really speaks to you, if, if this is something that, that you really want to get your arms around, I would encourage you to spend time studying this passage. Uh, it's one of the clearest, I think, New Testament teachings on uh, the concept of sowing and reaping, what we're going to talk about today, and also giving in general, New Testament giving. Um, But let's go ahead and read it together, starting in verse 6. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each man should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, he has scattered abroad his gifts to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of God's people, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, men will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. And in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. You know, I didn't know where to end the scripture. It's like, it's just so good. And, 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 it, and it flows together and there's so much, there's so much to it. And um, I know what you're thinking. So some people already, you're like, oh, is he going where I think he's going? Is this going to be a talk on sowing and reaping and we need to give some money? And 
Um, is this, you know, in, and right now you're like, don't worry, the doors are locked. You can't leave. <laughs> if you're a visitor, we don't teach on this every week. Um, but, but that's not really what I want to talk. I want to talk about this principle that Paul seems to appeal to in the very beginning of the scripture. He's definitely, make no you know, qualms about it. Paul is definitely talking about giving, giving to the church. But he appeals to this universal principle of sowing and reapingly when he says, and reaping, when he says, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. He appeals to this universal truth as he's talking about the concept of giving. And so what happens is, what um, some people like to do, is they like to supernaturalize that. They like to supernaturalize it a little bit too much for, for what I believe to be true. For example, some of us may be thinking, because we've heard it before, that what, what, what I would teach right now is that if you put $10, we're going to pass around the offering, and if you put $10 in, you should keep your eyes open for that $100 rebate from God. It's going to be coming. You just need to be looking for it. This idea that you're going to get a tenfold return because there's scripture that talks about how he adds to it and it's going to return to you tenfold. I'm going to get more money. I'm going to put ten bucks in and I'm just waiting for my hundred bucks. This is prosperity theology is what it's called. It's this whole idea that somehow um, if you come to Jesus, you're going you're gonna to end up with more money than uh, if you didn't. In other words, do you want to make more money? Would you like to one day drive a BMW, own a beach house, and have a retirement package in South Florida? Come to Jesus with all your money. <laughs> one of the pastors that I saw online, his was, without the money, there ain't no honey. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that should be the title of the message. Um, and I don't, I don't want to spend too much time on this I don't want to spend too much time on this because I don't think a lot of us here subscribe to that philosophy. But I do, I do want to point out that most of the well-known Christians, people that followed Christ that we know about, didn't do so well financially. Most of the people, let's, let's look in, in the, the book of Acts and the apostles. Let's talk about early church history. These guys didn't put a little extra coin in their pocket because they were Christians. A lot of them died as martyrs and they died poor. So did they not understand this concept? Did they miss out on this sowing and reaping thing? Paul, Paul was in jail a lot. Paul, (laughs) not that he's a bad guy. I mean, Paul was in jail. Paul didn't have a lot of money. Paul's the one that wrote this. So I don't think you can read this and say that that what he's saying is uh, if you if you sow sparingly, you'll reap sparingly in terms of finances, that you're guaranteed this return on your money and that that's the way that God works, that somehow if you push X, he does this, and you push Y, and he does that. It's it's an Xbox reference, but you get the picture. (laughs) Jesus is the one that says, we'll all experience trouble in this world. This isn't a loophole, okay? This isn't some way that we figured out how to get out of it. Um... And we need to be careful that we don't, that we don't fall, find into, fall into that trap in the way that we think, whether it's giving or sowing in general. The universe, God has designed the universe with certain laws that govern it. God has designed the universe and there are certain universal laws that apply to everyone. It applies to all of us as long as we live in this life. 
And this is one of those universal principles and is the principle of sowing and reaping. Sowing and reaping. It's all through the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, but it's not, it's not to be supernaturalized. It's just good wisdom. It's just true. In the first service, we had a special visitor. Uh, Denny Warfel was here. And so uh, it was great because it provided a perfect example for me. Because what I said was, look, if you are the quarterback of the best college football team in the history of the universe and you eat Taco Bell every day and instead of working out, you're playing Xbox, you're not going to get the Heisman. It's not because God doesn't love you. It's not because God's withholding his affection from you. It's not because God is judging you. It's because you're eating chili cheese burritos and playing video games. You're not going to get... You see what I'm saying? If you jump off a building, you're going to go splat. It's not because God is judging you and he's exacting his revenge. You're just running headlong into the principle of the universal law that he has created called gravity. Does that make sense? These are universal laws. Sowing and reaping is just like that. It's this idea that in the natural, when you sow, you reap. There is always this measure of sowing and reaping. Jesus in Luke chapter 6, verses 37 and 38, he says, Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. It's this idea of sowing and reaping. Don't judge, you won't be judged. Don't condemn, you won't be condemned. Forgive, you will be forgiven. Give and it will be given back to you. This is the concept of sowing and reaping. And, it's, and it's, it's universal and it's not supernatural. It's just the way that God has designed everything to work. People benefit from this just from living, just recognizing it. And there's definitely, there's times, and we're going to talk about the supernatural in just a minute. There's times when I believe Jesus is talking about supernatural sowing and reaping. This I don't think is one. This is just good wisdom. This is just good. We could all live with this principle Earl Hickey understands this principle. Yeah, right. Everybody's like trying to hold back that they watch My Name is Earl. But I know you do. Statistically, people here watch My Name is Earl because it hasn't gotten canceled. Okay? And my other shows have been. So I resent you. But uh, no, seriously. My Name is Earl, it's this funny show about a guy who's you know, he's got this list of all the things he's done wrong and he's going and he's trying to make them right and he keeps talking about how it's all karma. Well, it's not karma. It's this universal law of sowing and reaping. And he's taking advantage of it. Do I believe that it's true? Yeah, absolutely. Because I believe that's just the way that God's designed the world. Now, he misapplies it to karma, obviously. We don't believe in karma at River City Church. But, but you, you understand the concept that this is something uh, when Jesus talks about In Matthew 5.45, he talks about how God causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good. And he sends the rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. So you can't look at it and say that, well, this is strictly for us. No, Earl Hickey can't be benefiting from from this universal law because he's not a Christian. He's a karma dude. 
No, God, this, this is a principle that we can live by. And that's why you can go and you can pick up a business book that might talk about sowing and reaping and how, how that plays out in your business. And it's not even written by a Christian guy. It's just true. The Proverbs are filled with this stuff, right? You can go back and read the Proverbs and you'll find, there's always good nuggets of wisdom. Um, at, you know, it's better to be on the corner of a roof than in a room with an angry woman. That's just good words to live by. That's just good wisdom. You, it's better to be on the corner of a roof than in a room with an angry woman. That's not because God is somehow orchestrating the events to... to he's just saying. That's good wisdom. And the Proverbs are filled with this type of wisdom that we can benefit from, from reading and understanding. So you look at Proverbs 3, and he, it's, it's talking about sowing and reaping. And he says, Honor the Lord with your wealth with the first fruit of all your crops. That is the first, the good part, the first part of your, of your, of your crops, the things that, that, you, that you first get, the, the best part. Honor God with that, and then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. Again, I don't think that the author here is saying that God is going to love you more. But what he's saying is, this is just a good principle to live by. The way that God has designed the universe is such that if you honor, if you take the first fruits and you give it to God and and it doesn't tie you down, you're not holding on to it, but you give it away, you are going to find that you do better with your finances. You're going to find that you manage your money better. You're going to reap a benefit from that, from that sowing. So in that specific example, I mean, there's all different examples of sowing and reaping. In terms of money, think about this. When you sow into ministry, you reap the benefit most of us budget. If you, if you, if you are really giving, you're going to have to be strategic in how you do it. You know what I mean? Because you're going to have to think about how much money am I making? How much money am I spending? So you're going to reap the benefit of probably doing a budget. I don't think we did a budget until we really understood this concept and wanted to apply it in our family. And then we had to do a budget. We had to figure out, well, how much money do we really have coming in and going out? Because... You know, before we had kids, it was just, you just kept spending until you went to zero and you waited till the next month. But now you're more intentional, more purposeful with your money. And it is a physical representation. Again, just talking about sowing finances, it's representing, it's forcing you in the natural to represent what you say you believe. And that is my confidence is in God. I really believe that he's good. I believe that he's good and that eventually somehow he's going to provide for me. So by doing it, it's, it's a representation. I like the way Paul says it because he says, whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly. And the idea is that it, holding on to. Sparingly means um, I'm going to hold on to this. I, I'm going to spare this part. Well, I'm going to give you this part. And Ed knew in his testimony, he talked about God, his son not sparing. That God chose not to hold his son back and say, no, 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 no. You can have the rest, but no, not, not him. Not this. God said, no, my son not sparing. And Paul is making the point that when we sow, that that we don't do it sparingly. We don't hold back. Instead, it's more like this of just open hands of, God, what what is it? What do you want? I'm not holding on to anything. I'm not clutching on to anything. And this moves us towards trusting him to meet our needs and not ourselves to meet our needs. If we're honest, most of us spend our time, most of us spend our waking hours earning, spending, spending, saving, maintaining, and worrying about our possessions. When I first wrote that, I was like, you know, I had to think about that. But I remember a simpler day 
When I drove a four-door Hyundai Excel GLS, it's pretty sweet, had black stripes on the side, gold honeycomb wheels. And I remember I told everybody, I said, you know what? I'm never going to have more junk than what I can fit in my Hyundai. So that way I can move, baby. I'm free. I am free. Well, I can tell you right now, I can't fit all my junk in, my, in a Hyundai. I don't have a Hyundai anymore, but I couldn't even fit it in my minivan. All right. But what happens is that stuff can control us if we hold on to it sparingly. If we hold on to it, it it, it begins to control us. And so what happens is this principle of honoring God with our first fruits, it aligns us with his priorities. It makes us think about what's important to him. And it frees us. It frees us because our money is now not under our control. It's not under our authority. It's under his authority, which literally it's under his kingdom. It's in his reign. It's invoking that lordship. It's the idea that um, Jesus talks about, seek first his kingdom. Seek first his kingdom. Put his reign over everything. And then everything else will work itself out. The more that you can put stuff under his authority and get God in control of it, he's the best person to be in control of anything. So the more that you can give it to God, whether you're talking about finances, whether you're talking about your time, your talents, your career, whatever you want to talk about, the more that you give it to his authority, the more that you, that you will reap from this benefit of seek first his kingdom. So why is, that, why, why is this important? Why are we talking about this? I, I don't think it has anything to do with salvation. And this is, this is the problem in the past is I think a lot of times people misapply this concept. This has nothing to do with salvation. This has nothing to do with the safety of our salvation, but this does have to do with reaping the abundant life that Jesus has for us now. In other words, if we want to experience everything that God has for us in this life, there is an active participation in that. There are things that we do to be a part of that. And much of what we reap in, in this life, is a result of things that we've sowed. We sow, and then we reap what we've sowed. This is just a natural principle. So some of us, we're dealing with fear, doubt, guilt, corruption, isolation, anxiety. And these are the results of, of things that we've sown into. We've sown, in Galatians, Paul talks about sowing into the flesh and how we've sown into the flesh, and then we reap that. And he opposes that with sowing into the Spirit and then reaping the, reaping the fruits of the Spirit. By sowing into the Spirit, we reap the fruits of the Spirit, which would be things like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. These are the things that we want to reap. And so we sow into the Spirit instead of sowing into the flesh. And at RCC, you know, this, is, this is one of the reasons I think it's important for us. Is at RCC, we, we focus on the freedom that we've received in Christ. Absolutely, I will defend it until the day I die because I think it's, I think it's, that's the foundation of everything. That's the beginning of, of pursuing God is understanding that you've been set free in Jesus. You are no longer held back by the things that you've done or the things that you're going to do. Jesus has accomplished everything you need to be in relationship with God. That he has taken out everything that gets in the way, the sin that, that you've done, that you're going to do. God's taken care of it in the eternal and that you have salvation in him that you have relationship with him. And that's the beginning of the pursuit. Because of that, I can follow God. That's what, that's what we think. That's why freedom is so important to us. And so that's why you hear things like, you might hear Antley say, um, it doesn't matter if you read your Bible. And people are like, ooh, wait a minute. That freaks me out a little bit. It doesn't matter how much you pray. Well, wait a minute. 
what he's saying is God's going to love you regardless of how much you read your Bible. He's not going to love you more because you read your Bible. He's not going to love you more if you give more. He's not going to love you more if you pray more. He's already, he already loves you. So the danger would be that you go, well, hey, I guess there's no benefit to me reading my Bible. I guess there's no benefit to me praying. That's not what we're saying. What we're saying is God's not going to love you more, but if you want to reap abundant life, yeah, sow into the Spirit. Take your time and put it into the Bible. Just in the natural, we can see reading the Bible is going to help you. It's going to align you with what God is doing. You're going to think about these godly principles that the universe revolves around. You're going to read your Bible. You're going to understand things. Praying, you're going to spend time separated, not, not worried, not distracted, focused, coming out of that just in the natural. It's a good thing. Uh, the fasting, there's books written about how fasting is good just in the natural. All of these different spiritual disciplines, we don't do them to get God to love us more. We do it because we're sowing into the spirit. We want to reap from the spirit. It's sowing and reaping. The same is true with giving. So when we give, the idea of giving is not God's going to love us because I dropped in a 20 today. It, God's going to love you because of what Christ has done. But it, it's reaping and sowing. It's reaping, you know what, I'm going I'm to put God first in my finances. And that's a physical representation of what I believe God is doing in my life. And I know I'm going to reap a reward from it. I don't know how, but I know that in this world, that's the way it's designed. That's the way it works. <laughs> grace. I love grace. If you don't know already, we're expecting our third child in September. And her name will be Grace. And I love, I just, I love the concept of grace. And I want to have it in my family. I want to have the name right there to always remind me. Um, but it's this idea that it doesn't matter what you do. God has accomplished everything for you. Think about that for a second. I love to, I love to get people riled up on the life course. On the life course, when we talk about um, grace, I'll say it doesn't matter what you do. If we really believe that Jesus accomplished everything for us, if we really believed in the real concept of grace, which is unmerited favor from God, that there's nothing that we could do to earn it, if we really believe that concept of grace, it doesn't matter what you do, God loves you regardless. And you know what? Your salvation with him is secure in the fact that it doesn't, it doesn't matter what you do. It's what Jesus did. That's, that's real grace. And so then I always like to throw out, okay, so, so if that's true, then I can be a Christian and rob a liquor store. And people are like, I don't know why it's rob a liquor store, but it's just a good, it's just a good. People are like, well, wait a minute. That might be going a little bit too far. <laughs> well, wait, if it doesn't matter what we do, if Jesus has done it all for us, it shouldn't matter. But you know what? Guess what? You might go down in a hail of bullets, okay? It's not because God doesn't love you. It's not because God's exacting his revenge on you. It's just, guess, you robbed a liquor store. God's designed the world to work in such a way, and you violated this principle. God's not going to love you more or less, but you're not going to reap the abundant life. You'll have a short life. And not even that much money. How much money do they really have in a liquor store? Come on. Okay, because they're always getting robbed. Oh, hey, yeah, by the way, by the way, I'm just going to throw this out there because some of you are still struggling with what I said, so I'm just going to throw this out there. It's not just me, it's Paul. Paul, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 23. He says, everything is permissible. Robbing liquor stores is permissible. 
Oh, no, he didn't mean that when he said everything. Okay, I'm not a Greek scholar. (laughs) Everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. Everything is permissible, but not everything is constructive. AKA, don't rob liquor stores. Everything's permissible, but it's not beneficial. So this idea of sowing and reaping, that's why it's important for us. It's why it's important for us as River City Church. We will always focus on the freedom that we've received in Christ. We want people to do things not out of obligation, not feeling like, oh, I need to give money to the church. It's my obligation because otherwise God doesn't love me as much. Or I'm a Christian, I don't have a choice. I need to do this thing. No, it's an opportunity to take advantage of sowing and reaping. We don't want you to read your Bible because you feel like you have to. Man, I got to set my alarm. Jesus wants me to read my Bible tomorrow. <laughs> no, we want you to see it as an opportunity to line yourself up with what God is doing and to receive sowing and reaping. Okay, did I, did I beat that home enough? Okay. Um, see, I could end it right there. I could end, and that could be like, that could, I could be doing this at a, at a business luncheon for, for small businesses and, and how to benefit from sowing and reaping. But the awesome thing is, is that we serve a God who's alive. We serve a God who, who actually breaks into the natural. We believe in the supernatural. God is supernatural. He's outside of what we can see. He's outside of the, the, the universe that he lives in. He created it. He is super. He's beyond it. He is supernatural. And you know what? Just like every other rule and law that he's set up, every once in a while he likes to get in and just dork with it a little bit. Every once in a while, he just likes to come in and, and do a miracle. That's a miracle. A miracle is just a supernatural. God says, oh yeah, you're supposed to be sick and you're supposed to whatever. And he goes and he changes it up. He reaches down and he does the supernatural. And that's a taste of God's kingdom, of his reign, breaking in and saying, you know, I'm going to change things up just a little bit. And so how does this play out in this law or this universal truth of, of reaping and sowing? Well, God reaps where he doesn't sow. Every once in a while, God chooses to break into the natural. And you know what he says? You're not going to reap what you've sown. Instead, I'm going to reap it. The best example of that is, is Jesus. Jesus reaped what, what we sowed. At least in the eternal, he has reaped what we have sown. We have sown into death, and Jesus has reaped that from us. It's the most important harvest that we will never have to reap is what he's reaped for us. God reaps where he doesn't sow. And many times he protects us from the seeds that we've sown. You hear it all the time. I love being at the City Rescue Mission because you get to hear testimonies that you just never would hear anywhere else. These guys are just so honest about the stuff that they've done and the stuff that God is doing. Um, Eric, one of the guys at the, the City Rescue Mission, he got up a couple weeks ago and talked about how he had these warrants out for his arrest. Like multiple, was it eight? What? (laughs) Did you rob a liquor store? (laughs) Okay, needless to say, a lot of bad stuff, a lot of sewing, okay? He was was sewing, not necessarily in the right things. And he knew the harvest that he should have reaped. And yet somehow God stepped in and protected him. God stepped in and the warrants are gone and whatever. He's, he's still out and about. Um, but we see God, we see that time and time again where people that have been steeped in addiction or they've been steeped in some type of sin and, and it's not always going to work this way, but sometimes God in the supernatural breaks in and says, you know, I'm going to protect you from the consequences of that thing. 
I'm going to protect you from the consequences of that thing that you've sown into. Why? Because I'm God. You see what I'm saying? Because God can do that. He's supernatural. He can step in and say, you know what? You're not going to reap what you've sowed. Instead, I'm going to reap it. I'm going to put that on Christ. It goes to the cross. That's why the psalmist, he says in 126.5, he says, those who sow in tears shall reap with shouts of joy. In Ed's testimony, you hear, you know, just sowing in tears. But then even now, they're starting to reap. It's, it's weird. They just see God at work and they see that the supernatural has invaded the circumstances and that things are happening that, that, that are evident that God is at work. And they begin to reap with shouts of joy. It's because God reaps where he doesn't sow. And God sows where he doesn't reap. There are times where God sows and he doesn't reap. The parable of the sower. Jesus tells, you know, about a farmer running around scattering his seed, right? And he's throwing it all over the place. But only some of it harvested. Only some of it grew into a harvest. But he sows liberally. He gives it out. Romans tells us that God has sown into all of our hearts. Everyone. Christians, non-Christians, Earl Hickey. Everybody. He has sown into all of our hearts this idea, this evidence that God exists and that he's good. This is what we read about in Romans, this idea that he has sown, even though he doesn't reap, not everyone is going to become a Christian. Not everybody is going to put their faith in him, but he's sown into them. We also see that sometimes God steps in and he supernaturally multiplies the sowing and the reaping. Think about the kid who comes forward with his loaves and fish I'm not going to hold it back. He goes up, I'm, I'm going to give it all to Jesus because I have faith that he's better at this stuff than I am. I have faith that he's good. I have faith in the things that I've seen. And he gives it to him and, and God supernaturally blesses it and ends up reaping this, this multiply, multiplying effect thing on, on, on the feeding of the 5,000. Time and time again, we see it in River City Church's budget where people give and somehow God multiplies it. And it works, and bills get paid. College students, I love, I love hearing college students, they talk about how, you know, I really need to go on that mission trip, or God was working, and I really felt like God wanted me to do this thing, and I knew I wasn't going to have enough time to study, but, um, you know, I just knew I needed to do it. And then they go, and they take the test, or they write the paper, and they say, man, God just multiplied the time that I spent working on this. He multiplied so that you could reap more than what you had sown. In that case, he supernaturally reached in and did it. I had a guy in the first service was telling me he was studying for, you know, big exam on Monday. And he really felt like he needed to go to church. And his, his, the guy he's studying with is an atheist. And he's like, you're nuts. But he believes that he's going to reap, that God is going to multiply his efforts because he believes in the supernatural concept that God can step in and multiply the effort that he's put forward. I think as you talk about reaping and sowing, it's also important to look at that, the fact that God responds to faith in the reaper, uh, in the sower. The sower is, is, is sowing with some concept of faith. The child that goes forward doesn't, there's no guarantee that anything's going to happen. I mean, Jesus could have just broken it down into 5,000 little pieces. <laughs> so the kid went from a pretty decent meal to, you know, a little chunk. But he went forward in faith. The sowing and reaping involves faith. And the motivation of the sower is always in faith. And not looking for what I'm going to get out of it. But just believing that God is good and that he's sovereign. He's over these things. 
let's bring up that scripture again and look at that, the second part of it. Because I think it talks about the heart of the sower. This is really cool. Check it out. It says, as it is written, he has scattered abroad his gifts to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. Do you know that's talking about the sower? If you look up the psalm that he's quoting, it's talking about the sower. That God has given him the seeds and then he has scattered abroad his gifts to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. The sower goes out and he sows liberally and he gives gifts to the poor. And then he sa- Paul says, now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed. This idea that the sower, as he's going out and he's sowing, he recognizes that his bag is filled because of the great giver, the great supplier who's given it to him. Think about that concept. I don't care if you're talking about money or if you're talking about your time or if you're talking about your talents, if you look at them all as being seed that's been given to you by God, and then he gives you this awesome opportunity to go and to sow it, to be able to go and and to use it. It's it's a different paradigm. It's looking at at God as the provider, not the, the drainer, the giver, not the taker. You know what I mean? Some people are like, oh, I got to give God my 10% or I got to give God my money. This, you know what I mean? And they look at God as a taker. God doesn't want to ever be known as a taker. All through the Bible, he's constantly reminding people of what he's done in their life. He's trying to get the point across of, hey, don't forget I'm the, I'm the, I'm the God who delivered you out of Egypt. Uh, I'm the God that's done this. I'm the God that's done that. He's trying to remind us, I'm a giver, not a taker. And then when we, when we sow, it comes from that mentality of understanding, well, wait a minute, God is a great giver. God is a great helper, a supplier. And that's, that's where sowing, when I'm sowing, really all I'm doing is, is taking something that God's given me to, to sow. He's the one that's done it. God provides the seed, money, time, talents, possessions, anything that we sow with. He's not an oppressor and not a burden. Okay, so all that to say, that there is this principle, this universal principle of sowing and reaping that we want people to benefit from, that we want people to receive abundant life in Christ. And you know what? At River City Church, we talk about money like four times a year. And the danger of that is that we hold people back from experiencing this great concept of sowing and reaping, this great universal principle of sowing and reaping. And we understand people have been burned and all this kind of stuff. But I hope this morning, if I've done my job right, hopefully you're, you don't feel guilty. Hopefully you see that, you know, this is, this is a way for you to experience abundant life. But it's not because God's going to love you more or love you less based on your giving. It's just the way things work. And so we should consider not just money, but we should consider what are we reaping in our lives? What are the things that, that we're reaping and what are the things that we're sowing into? Looking for that correlation. Again, not that God is punishing you, but what, what are those things that you're sowing into and that you're reaping? Because you might be victim of this, of this thing. Rather than a beneficiary, you're actually a victim of this process of sowing and reaping. Let's, let's be conscious about taking advantage of this principle. We're promised abundant life now. A taste of the eternal life now. God's reign in our life now. And he's given us everything that we could need to be able to do it in Christ. 
He has given us everything we need. So much so, he's gone to such great lengths that he's chosen to live inside of us. That he's chosen to actually be inside of us. That that the Holy Spirit, that he would indwell us to be able to supernaturally empower us to be able to, to live out these concepts, to live out these truths. So let's ask him right now. Let's go ahead and stand. And we're going to pray. We're just going to ask him that he would speak to us this morning about this life. And there's, we're, going to have, we're going to have an offering. But again, if you're a visitor, <laughs> sorry, I promise we're going to talk about this all the time. But if you're a visitor with us, if, uh, you, know, you, if you don't feel right about giving and you're, you're, God hasn't put that on your heart yet, don't. Don't, God doesn't want, this is for people that want to give because you've said, you know what, I want to take advantage of this sowing and reaping, or or, or I believe this. God has spoken to me about this. I want to take advantage of it. So please, that should be the motivation. The only reason we're passing around the offering is so that you can take advantage of this thing. It's not out of an obligation or guilt or anything like that. So let's pray. God, we uh, we thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your spirit that you uh, choose to lead us into truth. God, that you don't leave us by ourselves. You don't leave us to our own undoing, but that you speak to us. We thank you for your spirit who gives us strength. We pray that he would encourage us to be able to sow, to be able to hold nothing back, to not be a prisoner to anything, to our time, our our careers, our money, anything, that we would not be subjected to that. We pray for your right rulership over it all. Your kingdom would reign over it all. We thank you for Jesus that he has reaped what we've sown. We thank you for the consequences that he has protected us from. And we pray that out of your great mercy that you would continue to deliver us from those things that we've already sowed into. That you would supernaturally protect us and deliver us from those things and help us to sow into the truly right things. To sow into the spirit and to reap a harvest. Pray in Jesus' name. Amen.